1: starting to put together one of those patented
2: third quarters Steph was breathtaking in that order
3: doing my job
2: curry in his bag I know my oh, energy and never curry. die I need my inner peace and peace of mind i am making history with all the guys I am not Launches. satisfied with getting oh. by. Yeah. For the, momentum. the Warriors have responded the, the pass don't matter we just got to raise our level of intensity you know, they raise theirs we got to raise ours not getting any easier. It's only getting tougher. So, yeah, it, yeah. gotta take that up another couple notches.
1: Here's Jalen Rose. I'm David Jacoby. We oh, are no. Jalen and Jacoby. What is we it that the we the do? People. Yes, what they
2: want.
1: They want. One of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game is joining us in just mere minutes. Stay tuned for Grant Hill. But first, we start with the NBA Finals. Draymond Green had some interesting perspective on his podcast.
2: I never goes into it or after my first take, like, oh, man, I got to tread carefully or walk lightly um, just to stay in the game. Like, Because if I'm going to tread carefully and walk lightly, then I may as well get thrown out anyway that's not going to help my team win. So I have to be me for my team.
1: Draymond Green started the game in Game 2 just by attacking Al Horford, just trying to rip the ball from his hands, and he kept that energy the entire game, mixing it up with a lot of different players, just making an impact on the game. What did you think about Draymond's impact and his sound about getting texts? So as the initiator of offense for
3: the Golden State Warriors for the last X amount of years. When you put Draymond's stats up there, the assists are extremely impressive. I believe he has the most in the history of the finals. If you put <laughs> his points and rebounds up there, they're not gonna be impressive. And you heard Stove God Cook say it best. It's what you do after the brick." Be Draymond. Last game, he had altercations with Eme Adoka, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Grant Williams, and Marcus Smart. That's more than he had field goals. And so if he's going to be on the floor, he has to be an irritant that plays with an edge and intimidates the opponent and is not intimidated by the officials. And I like that he's owning that that's what his game has been what it needs to be. Now, if you're the Boston Celtics, it's up for your bigs in particular to counter this. Al Horford, two points. Robert Williams III, two points. That ain't necessarily what's going to combat Draymond. What's going to combat him is a level of physicality that when he's guarding you, You find a way to make him work and try to frustrate him. You try to get offensive rebounds when he's near your area. You try to tangle up with him and see if you can engage with him to get a tech, to get a second tech. And if you don't do that, then he's gonna continue to impact the game way beyond the stats and the numbers.
1: Yep. <clears throat> and one of the ways he impacted the game was they switched Draymond Green from Al Horford onto Jalen Brown. That really got underneath Brown's skin and sort of disrupted his performance. And Brown had some interesting comments about the referees, and he wasn't alone. But let's listen to your namesake.
0: I feel like they got away with a lot of stuff tonight, but I'm looking forward to the challenge next game. Uh, all of that, all that stuff, the gimmicks, the tricks, you know, um,
2: we just got to be the smarter team, be the more physical team and and look forward to just coming out and playing Celtic basketball.
1: Jalen, you've been involved in many playoff series. What do you think about, because Brown wasn't alone, there's a lot of people who complained about the officiating from the Celtic side. What do you think about working the refs through the media in the playoff series?
3: Well, here's something I want to teach all fans and people that have never played high-level basketball. The team that's complaining the most to the refs is the one that's always losing did, did, did you hear that the team mm-hmm. that's complaining the most to the refs is usually the team that is losing so if you're the boston celtics you just got to stay the course and do what got you here you can't after every shot attempt be looking at the refs. after every turnover be looking at the refs. because what ends up happening is that psychologics that's psychologically slows you down, and it gives an irritant like Draymond Green the advantage because that's exactly what he does. I tell yep. you all of the time, Jacoby, players are in the league most of the time because of their skill or their will. Jalen Brown is a skilled player that can lock down defensively. So is Jason Tatum and Al Horford. They're not only in the league because of their will. That's who Draymond Green actually is. So to combat that, you got to play stronger. You got to play more physical. You got to go through his chest. And then when you continue to go strong, you hope he now becomes the person that's complaining to the refs, not the person that's agitating you as an opponent.
1: Jalen Rose, you're about to head on a flight to Boston for Game 3. And one of the big storylines coming out of Game 1 and Game 2, while the Warriors did play well in Game 2 and got a blowout win, Klay Thompson still hasn't been the old Klay Thompson. Jalen Rose, do you expect Klay Thompson to sort of stay on this level of performance, or do you expect him to have a breakout game, perhaps in Game 3? If you notice on these highlights, they're A, making Klay dribble. B,
3: they're running him off the three-point line. He played an NBA game where he scored 60 points and only dribbled 11 times. You just saw 11 dribbles right there when he was going to his left and fumbled the ball, hypothetically. That ain't who he is. He's a catch and shoot, heat check kind of player, one of the greatest that this league has seen. So it's important for people to create shots for him. Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, Stephen Curry, come to mind. a lot of times for Clay, he only needs to see one go in. He only mm-hmm. needs to see one go in and then before you know it he's off to the races and his flurries against the opponent. So Boston I'll give them credit defensively for slowing down Clay. Now it's going to be up to Clay to shoot early in the shot clock sometime to also continue to be aggressive when his opportunities present themselves. And I think he will have a breakout game. We know he will. He's one of the top He's gonna 77 win 77 players. He's one of the top 77 players to every player in the NBA. He's
1: going he's gonna to win him a game. There's going to be exactly. one game in this series that Klay Thompson scores 34, 35 points, and they get the win because of Klay Thompson. It's just a matter of when that game will be. Another storyline heading into Game 3 is the performance of Jason Tatum. Game 1, the shot wasn't falling. He turned into a playmaker, had 13 assists. Game two came out the box like, this is my game. I think it went six for eight from three in game two. However, Mr. Rose, he still hasn't made that superstar leap, that we win because of me leap that you like to say. Yep. What do you expect him to counter with as the series heads back to Boston?
3: If you notice, for the most part, when you show him shooting the ball, it's on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. When you see him driving the ball, it's two pass. He had a couple of opportunities where he drove and he finished strong at the hoop. Here's a stat that I want you to watch for Jason Tatum. Free throws attempted. Mm. One of the things that allowed his game to grow, besides the fact that he improved his ball handling crazy, is that he got stronger, was able to absorb contact, and get himself to the free throw line. I want to see him taking more free throws than threes. I want to see him taking more free throws than threes. And also, the other thing I would like to see him do is attack the rim with ferocity to dunk. Not to lay it up, not to do a floater, not to do a runner, to dunk. If you look at the Golden State Warriors, who's their shot blocker?
1: Kevon Looney? Who's their shot blocker?
3: A dream round, I guess. Right, (laughs) right. so you have to attack the bucket to dunk. And when that happens, A, you might get the Warriors in foul trouble. And I want to give Wiggins a lot of credit for his defense. And shout to Gary Payton returning to add another defensive player to take pressure off of Jordan Poole. See, bringing Gary Payton back took pressure defensively off of Jordan Poole, and it allowed Jordan Poole to actually get going in the third quarter. So if you're Jason Tatum and these guys are on you, they're not going to block your shot. Mm -hmm. So you got to attack the basket to lay up sometime to dunk almost every time because they don't have uh, an elite rim protector that's going to challenge him athletically.
1: So the way that he started game two i was like oh he saw what happened in game one he's coming out firing he's hitting contested threes i think he had four threes in the first quarter how come he wasn't able to continue that momentum and carry it into the third quarter and fourth quarter because playing in the nba finals
3: it's really hard for somebody to score 25 points in multiple games and so when al horford does that in game one that's his game to help the team win we'll look back like we did when the raptors won it and looked at all of the players that had their 20-point game to finally help them win the championship. So if you're Jason Tatum, and you see that you've gotten off to great first halves against the Heat and or the Celtics and and or the Warriors, but it doesn't necessarily lead to great second halves. So what I would like to see him do is to attack early to try to get the Warriors into the bonus and also attack that way in the second half. It seems like he 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 goes very aggressive in the first half and he doesn't have the the energy to maintain that aggression in the second half. So he got to pace himself. That's why I talked about getting to the free throw line because it, it, it's tough every time Jacoby to make a contested shot when you're the go-to guy. Yep. Like that that is a tough way to live. And so getting to the line That'll slow the game down some for him. I think that will allow him to be able to now pace himself and be very productive for four quarters, not just in the first half.
1: That's a great point. Now, Jalen, you've been pointing to Milwaukee and saying Darvin Ham deserves a head coaching job for years now, and he has that opportunity with the Los Angeles Lakers. They introduced him yesterday, and all anyone wanted to hear about is what about Russell Westbrook, and he answered the question.
2: Don't get it messed up. Russ is one of the best players our league has ever seen, and there's still a ton left in that tank. I don't know why people tend to try to write him off. I'm going to approach him like I do every player I've ever encountered. We're going to talk about our running habits with the ball, without the ball, and, again, the team, the the rhythm of the team, and, and trying to establish a rhythm with LeBron, Russ, AD, and, again, share the load defensively and offensively.
1: Sounds to me like Darvin Ham is trying to make the trio of LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook work. What does it sound like to you?
3: It sounds like a head coach that's doing exactly what he should do when you get a job like this. You challenge your best players to do things that may seem uncomfortable. Mm. And for Russ while everybody, and rightfully so, is going to point to his poor field goal percentage and his high turnovers, the thing that he stopped doing is defending. So now, as the new coach, you put that out there. If he doesn't defend, now you can look at him and say, I'm going to make you a reserve. I'm going to limit your minutes. This is what I asked. This is what I expected. And you're not doing it. And he also talked about sharing the load as a team, offensively and defensively. Let me translate that for you. You got to learn to play off the ball some and move and cut and, 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 and get offensive rebounds and play in transition. He's still one of the fastest, most athletic players in the league at his position. And he still has shown that he can be a productive player. But the other thing that's going to happen is Anthony Davis. They yep. added Rasheed Wallace to the coaching staff. Yep. Darvin Ham and Rashid are gonna make sure to challenge AD to be a top tier player again.
1: Jalen, who is joining us in just seconds after this short break,
3: one of the greatest human beings who app who happened to play basketball and be an entrepreneur, Grant Hill is joining us next. Go buy his book. It's out today.
2: Got to give the people.
1: Coming to you live above the Heineken River Deck here at Pier 17 New York City, welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. We have the honor of being joined right now A by an immortal basketball <laughs> legend, Grant Hill, joining the show. Thank you so much for taking the time.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it.
1: Well, before we started taping, you told me that I'm now sharing the screen with the two best hairlines in the game <laughs>
2: right now. <laughs> and
1: pushing 50.
3: Pushing fifty, strong
2: hairlines, and at this point, Jalen might have had top two or three fade in the game, but he went to afro now. So, but the versatility you you just you're displaying with your haircut is is impressive. I just try to follow your lead.
3: I follow your lead, my brother. And I have to say, thank you for joining us. I'm really excited as somebody that's competed against you for a long time. Consider you a friend that you're gonna write a book. As somebody that's written a book, I know that it it, it, it takes you to a place that you didn't realize you were gonna go because it, it allows you to recall so many things that you forgot that even took place. So what did you learn about yourself during this journey
2: of writing your book? Well, you're right, first of all, you, you, you do go back and you have to relive certain moments and put yourself back when you're 15, 18, 25. And as you know, you grow, you evolve, you're not the same person you were back then. You know, I think I I learned a lot about myself. Um, I think one of the things I didn't always enjoy the successes I had. Uh, early in my career I didn't enjoy um, my time in Detroit not that Detroit was bad I I had great individual success but we didn't win and I'm chasing Isaiah like every I'm that's who I'm chasing when I'm in Detroit so because we didn't have that great success um, I I never celebrated uh, my individual success and um, it's funny, man, when I, when I got older, my kids would every once in a while go on YouTube, and they would look up stuff, and they say, Dad, man, you, you weren't always a scrub. You actually could play. And, uh, you know, but you forget that, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't, I didn't appreciate the good moments. And uh, I also didn't realize how hard the injuries were, like how much of a, a mental and emotional toll that took Um, Not being able to see it all the way through. You know, I was on this great trajectory early and then got sidetracked and the injuries and all that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I learned that, you know, I also learned that I, you know, you be honest with yourself. You got flaws, you got insecurities, you know, and so being honest with yourself and being vulnerable. And introspective is not something that we normally do. We reflect, mm-hmm. but we don't go back and really be honest with ourselves. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that answers your question. I learned a lot about myself—good, bad, and indifferent—and it's a little bit, it's a little bit scary, but it's also liberating to kind of put that out there and for everybody to know.
1: You know, mm-hmm. that's really well put. And if someone Absolutely. who's been a fan of yours from the Duke days, but I've always been a fan. For other people like me, what aspects of your life will we be able to experience when we read this book?
2: You know what? I struggled with confidence. You know, I lacked confidence. I think, and Jay, when you understand this as a ball player, you put a mask on, you put your armor on when you go to the park, when you go play, um, and, and you, you get into character because a lot of the game is body language, it's posturing, it's, it's, it's always exuding confidence. Even when you're not confident, mm. and so those battles we had, and I was at Duke, like I didn't really step into my confidence and my belief probably till my senior year, mm. uh, and and at that point, that prepared me for what was next and the expectations that were there in the NBA. Um, obviously, I grew up. People talk about there've been documentaries made about how I was brought up, um, <laughs> but even with the privileges and the you know I, the privilege I had, I still you know I, we all have stuff you know what I'm saying we all have stuff we deal with and and, and I get into that. I get particularly my early years and, and finding myself sort of coming of age um, you, know, you know and I think basketball played a role in sort of validating and building up that confidence that I lacked at a young age. I also get into my injury and, mm-hmm. and and really give a, a detailed account of of what happened. And uh, I think a lot of people obviously know I got hurt, but they don't know they don't know you know they don't know almost I almost had my leg amputated. Like they mm-hmm. don't realize what exactly happened. So to be able to go through that and share that um, was was quite the process.
3: And I applaud you for bringing up the documentary because that taught me a lot about my insecurities and also about my ignorance because in our society we use the term uncle tom as a derogatory term because that's what we were taught but however a lot of people don't realize he was an actual human being and a hero and so i'm carrying the baton of ignorance for generations and generations and I'm spitting that into the atmosphere and it's ignorant and it's dumb. And so I applaud you for A, chastising and correcting me but B, for us being black men that can not only be competitors on the floor and by the way, you were the hammer, I was the nail and I enjoy that, you're <laughs> one of the top 75 players to ever do it in my opinion. In your years in Detroit, you was all NBA your first seven years and while you weren't able to enjoy it, I promise we enjoyed and appreciate everything you brought to the city and they should definitely make sure that they pay homage to you. But I have to make sure I say this because it's important. You still however was able to function in whatever environment you were put in and still be successful and not have undisciplined turbulence public like I did. So I have to ask you, in writing this book, what was one of the hardest things you had to write about that you probably didn't want to put in the book, but you're like, I'm going to put it in there anyway?
2: Wow, that's a lot to unpack right there. Um, you know, I think, I think for, for me, you, you always try to present and project, I won't say perfection, but that you got your stuff together and that you got your life together. And for me, I think managing, I think one, getting into the confidence and, 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 and believing in myself, um, I think that was something I'm putting out there. But then also navigating celebrity and mm. navigating all of that. And I always say that the mix of, of celebrity, money and youth can be dangerous mm-hmm. and even for someone who who grew up around it and you know mm-hmm. certainly how you know my parents and my dad and all that um, so that you know I think giving a detailed account of like how uncomfortable that was yes. and how all of a sudden it's again yeah there's perks that come with that and we all know what that is but now you're a target and, and that mm-hmm. to me was 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 awkward, it was uncomfortable, and it was something that was hard for me to, to sort of embrace. I I, I want to say this, too, and I get into it a little bit in the book, and first of all, I say nothing but nice things about you, Jalen. Um, Thank you, brother. That's what I, you're I, I don't think <laughs> No, but I mean, I, I don't think people understand th- the history and, 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 you know, like, even when, when the documentary came out, and I understood where you were coming from, you know, and I talk about, I wasn't mad at the doc. I was mad at when you, know, when you went on, I remember uh, Skip Bayless interviewed you and he asked you about that and I got mad at your response and I, and I learned that first of all, you don't respond when you're emotional, you know what I'm saying? And, and, I, you know, and I, I wanted people to talk about it and have a conversation and I felt like coming out of it, people got on one side or the other. And it, I, I question whether that was really healthy or not. But what people don't know is you and I talked about it a couple of days later and we were good. Yep. And 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 so to be able to like publicly dispute or squabble or whatever we did and to talk about it and move on, I remember coming up to your event in Detroit, uh, the bowling event, Yeah. you and I chopped it up. I'm sitting there, full disclosure, I'm telling Jalen he and Webb need to, to patch things up. You got the Duke guy trying to come and talk to them like, hey. Real talk. And and God bless your mom was there and and your family. And um, and so we go way back. We've got history. We battle with one another. And um, I think it's all been love. It's all been good. And I get into the book, too, how when Bobby Hurley left after my junior year and Coach told me I was going to be the point guard, well, you know, back then, you didn't have a lot of footage of, like, Magic and all these guys. It wasn't easily accessible. Mm-hmm. So what I did, I watched a lot of you. And because I knew I was going to be a point guard my senior year. And I think your sophomore, freshman and sophomore year, you were the point guard. Yep. So how you brought the ball up, how you handled, how you ran the team, I'm watching you going into my senior year to prepare me for that role. And so it's always been a mutual respect, but it's always been competitive. And that's the way that's the way it was back then. Um, but we didn't look at y'all the way y'all looked at us. You know what I'm saying? Like we respected y'all, we were fans of y'all. Um, but of course we knew we had to compete to try to beat you guys because you guys were a great team for sure.
3: And also we were jealous. I was jealous and I'm going right. to speak for me. And you just went there because I saw you as everything I felt like I should have had. I should have had a father that was in the league that was taking me to the gym and showing me how to be a man and how to grow up. I wanted a stable family life and I didn't have that. So when I saw somebody like you, when you're young and I've seen Will Smith talk about this, I've seen Wayne Brady talk about this, as brothers that grow up in stable homes We used to look at those guys as being weak. Like, I'm tough because I'm from the hood. I'm tough because I'm poor. And I'm going to tell you something, Jacoby, that happened. 13 and under AAU, we thought that, right? Grant Hill and them walked in. We was playing rest in Virginia. They had on uniforms. They had on new shoes. Their families was in the stands. We was like, we about to crush them. We barely had on uniforms. We had on mismatched shoes. We couldn't get the ball across half court. They waxed us. They wa- I'm talking they beat us by like 40. And the one thing that I want to take away from your life and your career is how you've always been mature and responsible beyond your age. You were an adult in the room and I applaud you and your family for that. How tough was that for you, however, to be the adult in the room but so very young? and so much to still managing your
2: life in your career on and off the court? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, look, first of all, I wasn't always the adult. I mean, I, I you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I think I tried to be responsible. Um, you know, look, I, I think in a lot of ways, one of the things I, I touch on in the book was I was very introverted. I was mm-hmm. not a very, I was not a very outgoing person. So I, I kind of kept to myself uh, in public, social settings. You know, I was sort of the one observing everything. Uh, I still remember, you're gonna, you're gonna laugh at this. I still remember, I didn't put it in the book, but I, I still remember y'all came to DC, your AAU team. It might've been 88, 89. And y'all were doing a tour of schools. And I think my parents took the whole team out to, uh, to lunch. We went to Georgetown and we had lunch. And it was you and Webb, I think it was Sean Leonard was on the team. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I was like, yo, Jalen over there mean mugging me. and uh, (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) So I was observing, you know what I'm saying? I was observing. You know what I'm saying? No, it
3: was crazy, it was crazy.
2: But I mean, I I get it, man. It was, you know, and I get that, we have more examples of, of black success, black wealth, black families. That wasn't necessarily the case in the '80s, and I think, in a lot of ways, people didn't know how to handle me or, or, or take me. But I, I do think I used that to my advantage because if people tried me or thought that I was weak or soft, you know, on the court, you know, I was able to show and prove that. And in a lot of ways, that might have validated me in some respects. Having success, you know, basketball is the ultimate urban game so if you if you can play ball then you're going to be appreciated and accepted and maybe subconsciously that was there I don't, I don't know if I unpacked that enough but people still talk about it 30 years later some of those moments some of those robberies, some of those games and um, but like I said we didn't we didn't hate the Fab Five we hated North Carolina like that's right. who we hated and um, and you know we, we appreciated y'all we, we were fans of Vegas and you, to me, you guys were an extension of Georgetown and the legacy that John Thompson and those great teams had. And, uh, and so we were fans from afar, except when we played y'all and competed against y'all.
3: I want to ask a couple NBA Finals questions, Grant, because you're a terrific analyst. And as I mentioned, not only a Hall of Famer, but you deserve to be in the top 75 um, basketball mm. players of all time. I've watched this game, grew up in the game. You definitely deserve that honor. But whenever they come out with a 76, you'll be in there for sure. <laughs> I, ha- I have to ask you about this year's NBA Finals. Right now, it's tied 1-1. The Golden State Warriors blitz the Boston Celtics in the third quarter. What are you seeing from either team, and who do you feel like may ultimately prevail in this series?
2: Well, well first of all, I appreciate those kind of words, and you've always, you know, been a fan and advocated for me so I, I'm always grateful for that uh, so I appreciate you for that um, interesting series you know you think about it two games in uh, in the eight quarters Golden State has pretty much dominated those eight quarters or at least won those eight quarters Boston had a great game for uh, excuse me uh, fourth quarter in game one uh, Boston you know they haven't played well at home throughout the playoffs which is really fascinating Uh, they've done better on the road. The way they lost last night, it's concerning a little bit to me. Uh, Golden State figured some things out. They made them uncomfortable. They got in their space. They they forced turnovers. Boston's capable, uh, and certainly we've seen that. But Al Horford, Marcus Smart, uh, of course, Derek White, you know, they weren't able to get off. And I think Golden State said, look, we're gonna play straight up Tatum and Brown and have uh, Green and, and Wiggins guard those guys. And we're not gonna let anybody else beat us. So the defense, I think, ratcheted up. I, I think the, the, the overall experience of Golden State having been here before, you have to still give them the nod. Uh, I think it. I think Golden State in six. I think Boston will win another game, but I think Golden State ultimately will prevail. Klay Thompson will play better. He's due for a big game. I think we'll see one here either in games three or games four.
1: Thank you so much for the time. You can check out Grant's book, love Game him. and That's Autobiography anywhere that Legend. books are sold. You're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much, appreciate you. All right, appreciate
2: it. Thanks for the love. Thanks love for you, having my me, guys. Brother. I'll see you soon, oh, my you brother. Too, Take
3: care of yourself.
1: Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen, I want to thank you and Grant Hill for that wonderful conversation the two of you had and the reconciliation.
3: Thank you, my brother. I appreciate that. And also, and that- like we do every day, we want to acknowledge a speedy, safe return after 110 days for Brittany Griner to the United States. I know it's becoming a popular thing to do now. We here at j have been
1: doing it since day one. We'll be back tomorrow, ESPN 2, 4 p.m. We always say we give the people what they want. Part of that is doing podcast-exclusive content for our podcast listeners. Jalen Anthony Rose, a couple things I want to discuss. Number one with you, you, you touched on earlier. Darvin Ham was introduced yesterday. However, I want to talk to you about Rasheed Wallace being on the staff. We, we, he, he wasn't necessarily, when he played, he wasn't like Chauncey Billups, where I was like, oh, he's going to be a head coach one day. Rajan Rondo, like, oh, he's going he's to be a coach one day. Rashid Wallace didn't have that reputation we'll just say. What do you think about Sheed being added to the staff and obviously the impact that could have on a gentleman named Anthony Davis? So
3: there were times where I saw Rashid Wallace and thought he was more talented than Kevin Garnett. Those two players and Chris Weber were three guys that Took the forward position from like guys like Sean Kemp, who were more drivers and slashers and finishers, to playing with ball skills, the ability to get assists, the ability, the ability to initiate offense, the ability to shoot jumpers. Mm-hmm. Like all three of those guys, at some point of their careers, were accused of shooting too many jumpers when the rest of us wanted them to get on the post just 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 think about that in particular kg because he was shooting long twos right mm-hmm. he was he was foot on the three line shooting them knocking them down and Rashi wallace was a guy, jacoby crazy athleticism like he'd throw it off the wall let the ball bounce and do a dunk he shoot threes with his left hand post game was crazy turn over both shoulders Darvin and he won the championship together in Detroit. So, Rashi understands that while there are things in his career, and he's admitted to this, that he probably should have went to bed earlier at night or he probably should have, like, wanted to be more dominant. He wanted to have fun and play the game that he loved. He didn't necessarily want the pressure of, like, Y'all think I'm an all-time great? I got to be the best player? I got to be the adult in the room? I got to talk to the media? I got to be the captain? No, that's, no. That sounds no. like work. Man, I, I can't have fun that way. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so, and, and, and then the other thing about Rasheed that we got to make sure, y'all think Draymond Green got texts. Rashid Wallace took it to a whole different level, getting texts, getting ejected. He was the guy, that Pistons team. I remember as a native that started a foundation, and I was thinking, what are they doing with all of the money that they get from these technicals from the Pistons? I literally <laughs> remember watching them play like, that money need to be staying in the, in the hood. You know what I'm saying? I know the NBA does a terrific job of, you know, NBA cares and giving back to communities all across the world. But I've said this for years and I'm still owning this and I'm going to talk to Adam Silver personally about this. When Well, he listens to
1: the pod twice a day. So you talk to him right now.
3: Yes, indeed. Commissioner Silver, the best in the game. When 30 NBA teams finish their season, the fine money for that squad should stay in that community. The team and the player who got the most techs should choose a charity of their choice. And here's how you give back to the community. See, I don't do charity, Jacoby. I'm a philanthropist. I actually do things that's gonna make an impact, not just for hype. And here's something that the NBA really should do. It will help young people deal with disappointment and how to deal with frustration. You take the player who had the most texts for a team, for example, Rashid Wallace, and you choose a charity. You have Rashid go to that charity, have young people join him there, like at a camp, and you play video footage of all of the texts he got. So he watches them, and so the youngsters watch them. And then now they can talk about how to decompress, how to deal with anxiety, how to handle yourself when you're frustrated. That could be an exercise to help the player, also help the young people that watch the player, and then you leave a big blank check for all of the technicals the team got. That's how you give back to the community. That's what the 30 NBA teams should be doing with the fine money, in particular, the individual techs that players get.
1: I'm glad you brought up Draymond because Draymond is, is uh, you know, it, it's following, you know, you're probably not the first player to ever do this, but you certainly are, are one of them. Like we always say, like, you might not have uh, made it up, but you popularized it. You're, you're in the league, covering the league at the same time. Draymond Green is in the finals, covering the finals at the same time. And one thing that he keeps bringing up is Kevin Durant. And, you know, we, we, uh, even, you know, Steph got seven times the double teams that KD did. Even when KD was on the team, the offense still flowed through Steph. It seems like Draymond still got some, like like, still working out some of the feelings that he had during those Kevin Durant years. And I know that you've seen all of this. And why do you think Kevin Durant's name keeps coming out of Draymond's mouth?
3: A couple of things. And also for Rasheed Wallace, he's brought there to be in the hip pocket of Anthony Davis. That's his new shadow. Remember I told you this. You hire Dyr Ham to shout cha- you notice he challenged Russ publicly defensively. Rasheed Wallace is gonna be Anthony Davis's shadow, literally, to make him hopefully start to perform like a top 10 player again. For Draymond playing in the league while working for the media, there were a couple of people before me that I looked up to. One was Ahmad Rashad. He played football, but he was on the top NBA show. A lot of people didn't know that he even played football. A couple of people that before me that I give Props to for showing me love with John Spider Sally. Working with the Best Damn Sports Show, embracing me like a little brother, not being jealous of my role, not being insecure in his own skin, and allowed me to be a part of the Best Damn Sports Show while I was still playing. But another guy who sneakily I looked at also that was doing something while playing was Jason Williams of the Nets. He was playing for the Nets while working for NBC. And Mm. while all three of those were happening, those guys, I was like, that's what I wanna do. So those are the guys that I took the baton from and now carry to, and it it makes me smile when I see CJ McCollum, a guy that you and I literally sat down with before he got drafted. And what did we say about CJ McCollum?
1: I did this just in with him yesterday. I had, you know we did a couple oh, segments good. together. It was good. great to work with CJ. Good. And, um, you know, he's got – so I'm giving my little takes about the finals, and he just kind of sits there and stares at me with those eyes, and I'm like, is he judging me right now? Like, am <laughs> I takes wrong? <laughs> like, he's not saying anything. But he's kind of looking at me like, did, it, did I just mess up? But I mentioned um, <laughs> when we met him during the job interview when you and Bill interviewed him, and he just came in the room, and he was just like, – like you always say, just so much more maturity, mature beyond his years. Um, intelligent, um, just like really, really measured in the things that he said. You know, and he brought up one story where we asked him about his girlfriend. When you guys (laughs) asked him about his girlfriend, he was like, is this live? (laughs) 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 And he remembered that and told the story back. He's like, if I'm talking about my girlfriend, I gotta know if this is taped or not, because who knows?
3: (laughs) And, 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 And in all honesty, so now for Draymond, he's parlaying the big stage of the NBA Finals, and he's also elevating the the, the, the Draymond Green show. And the reason why he keeps bringing up KD, because he's basically telling KD, you messed up by leaving us. That's Mm -hmm. really what he's doing. We're in the Finals, and you played on the only team that didn't win a playoff game. That that's really what it is. Well, it
1: also feels like he's saying we were here with before you. Correct. We were here with you, and now we're back without you. Correct. So, so like the whole idea that like two of my three championships are because of you is just that's just not how it is in real life.
3: That's well said. That's where he's going. He and, and here's what he also is doing. He's setting a table for Steph Curry winning finals MVP. That's mm. also what he's doing steph knows the assignment and the voters who for whatever reason voted for andre igodala and steph was averaging 30. they also know the assignment if the golden state warriors win steph winning mvp period i don't care if he averaging 23 points on 38 percent shooting he winning mvp everybody know the assignment for legacy as it relates to steph curry and draymond is no different
1: so jalen i know you very well we're brothers You always tell the story about your draft night. The night before the draft, what did you spend all night doing? Oh,
3: popping a bump that was underneath my left eye.
1: So we got to talk. We got to talk. You know I'm going to bring it up. You're in the NBA Finals, flying a red eye tonight. I'm going to be feet on the wood at the finals for 10 straight year. I'm looking at a pimple in your left cheek right now. <laughs> what's the plan, dog? We, we, we're gonna talk about the outfit and the haircut later. But you we, we gotta go see a professional, my guy. You know what I mean? We got, yeah, we got, we gotta go see a professional. You can't just, you can't just. This ain't like 19, 20 year old Jalen that's just gonna like, you know, stab a knife in it and try to cut it off. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta, so you gotta get some expensive skincare products. So, what, what's the plan? And you're flying so, too. Flying's not I'm good like, for that. I'm an
3: expert at a lot of things. (laughs) Popping bumps on my face. I'm a legend. I'm the Don Staley of acne.
1: Okay. I feel like you go too hard though. I feel like you go so hard. You're like, I know what I'm doing. Next thing you know, it's like a big scab. And I'm like, no, no, no. I I know what I'm doing. I'm like, really? I've always been told to leave it alone.
3: Right. So let me tell you what I'm going to do. Today, I'm going to go to the steam room. Mm-hmm. Get in and out of the steam room. That's gonna
1: help. That's gonna help.
3: Multiple times, and when I get out of the steam room, before I take a shower, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put toothpaste on it.
1: That's old school. I love. It. See, I thought you were gonna go to like a skin care specialist and get some special products, or you know, go to the drugstore. I love this. I love you know the what, old school approach. You know approach.
3: what? You just reminded me. You know what? You just reminded me. Don't I clap at me like that, it's triggering. I, I got
1: a black wife, I got a black wife. That's oh yeah, you're triggering. right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. All right, right, I get right clapped you get flashbacks, like you get when, flash back. I get, when <laughs> I get when I get pointed <laughs> at, when I get clapped at, I'm like, uh, no, uh-uh, it's triggering. <laughs> I don't getting like getting pointed back. at and clapped you're right. at. You're right,
3: I need to come out with a hair care and a skin care line. I'm an expert at both. Is there, I mean, t- think about what you're asking me right now. I'm telling people what to do with their acne, because I'm a professional expert. <laughs> what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna get in the steam. I'm gonna wash my face with some some some. Right, not, hold up, not, hold up.
1: No, see, so you're not just gonna get in the steam. I've I've been to the steam room with you many times. You get in the steam, out of the steam, in the steam, out of the steam, in the steam, out of the steam. Maybe one more time, depending on how much time correct, you got. Correct,
3: correct. I want that to be between 30 minutes and an hour. And I want to drink easy?
1: executive workout.
3: Correct. And so here's the other thing. I'm gonna drink water, which also helps your skin and hydration. I'm gonna get in the steam, which is a part of my bump recovery. I'm gonna take a shower and I'm gonna use some nice soap, not bar soap. And then when I'm sitting still and I don't have to interview anybody or be interviewed and I'm just off wax for the rest of the day, I'm gonna put toothpaste on it and let the toothpaste sit on there as as long as possible. And if I have to go in and out of the room or in and out of the crib, I just wash it off. But Too Faced is gonna be on there virtually all day. And it's gonna suppress it. And then before good. you know it, by the end of the night, I'm gonna pop it before Don't pop I get on it, the dog. plane.
1: Don't pop it. Don't pop, pop it. Don't pop it. Don't it's do it. It's on and pop
3: it. Don't
1: do it, Jay. It's on and go talk to pop a real it. expert. Because you, you you had so much good advice until the pop it part. Everybody says not to pop the pimples. Everybody Trust says not. me.
3: It trust me you said the same thing when i had the one on my nose i popped that thing i'm trying to tell you you pop it get on the plane once you pop it while i'm on the plane guess what i'm gonna do once i get all of the blood out of it and the pus out of it and stuff out of that then i'm gonna put more toothpaste on it yes and then by the time i land it's just gonna be i'm gonna be sleep it's gonna be like my drool blood and toothpaste all on it when I land, you know, (laughs) my drool, some wine, some blood, some pus, toothpaste, all of that, and then when I land, I'm going to wipe it before people on the plane see all of that, then I'm going to go to the telly, I'm going to hit the steam again, and then it's going to be like 80, it's going to be like 85%
1: fixed by then. And then, and then let's not lie, you got the makeup team, you know what I mean? They're gonna go in there, do their thing. Correct. That's not until 9 p.m., but it's
3: gonna be fixed by before I get a cut at three. (laughs) It's gonna be fixed basically. Because it got shaken.
1: You know I don't like to celebrate you too much, right? But I'm sitting there (laughs) looking at it and I'm like, should I bring it up? Should I not bring it up? Is it rude to bring it up? You know what I mean? It's the podcast exclusive. One thing I love about you is you're willing to you're willing to broach any topic. You know what I mean? Whether we're talking about George George Floyd getting murdered or we're talking talking about the pimple on your face, you go all the way in with your expert analysis and I appreciate that about you. I love doing this <laughs> show with you, Jalen.
3: Thank you, family, I appreciate that. I need to come out with a hair and skincare line. I know, gonna... uh,
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's a no-brainer. I mean, like, it's a no-brainer, you know? I you gotta just gotta partner with the right people. Yo, you know what I mean? And right. next thing you know, I'ma be in Walmart and there's yes. gonna be a big cardboard cutout of Jalen Rose with a fresh line up in the haircut. Yes. yes.
2: And, and, and,
1: and there's gonna be that a whole di- this cardboard display flying off the happen. shelves.
3: There's no reason why, why off that should happen. I'm on it, family. I'm on it.
1: There's check, a. There, you know what? There's a There's a lot of people with hair and skin in this world. You know what I mean? There's a lot <laughs> exactly. of people with hair and skin.
3: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I'm on it. I'm about and to do my George And shout to people that, that uh,
1: do not have hair as well. Uh, Mr. Rose, a couple more things I want to talk to you about. Yes, sir. The Live Golf Tour. I don't know how much you've been paying attention to this. It crossed my eyes today. I did a little research. Basically, the Saudi Arabian money going into this alternate tour, trying to take down the PGA. It's called the LIB. Dustin Johnson just joined. Do you think that this has legs?
3: Anything with money has legs. Hmm. And there's always gonna be alternates to the conventional way to do things in professional sports because it's just money coming from everywhere now with so many people trying to be involved in the business of entertainment, sports, and and, uh, film and television. And so absolutely, I feel like this is gonna be viable. If you look at what's happening with the celebrity golf tournaments, where the NFL quarterbacks like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, absolutely. You saw Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson break off and kind of do their own thing. Um, that's going to continue to happen as long as people continue to infuse cash in the golf.
1: It's also individual sports like boxing and golf. Like you can kind of break off and do these individual things differently than you can in organized team leagues. You know what? I just want to apologize to the people. We haven't taken a voicemail in like two days. Can't go backwards in time. Can't go forwards in time. If you call 985-80-JALEN, we'll leave you and leave a voicemail. We'll put you on the show just like this.
0: Shout out, Reg. I have a request, and the request is to have uh, Mrs. Jacoby on the show because she's directing that Candace Parker movie. I think that's dope. And I know uh, she probably doesn't want to and doesn't care to at all. But I know me and the Pod fam would love to hear about Joy Jacoby's professional and personal life with David Jacoby. Anyways, um, peace and love. And also, I want Reg as I want Reg back on the show. You know, to speak. Y'all always said Reg would get a microphone. Wear it, wear it. Okay, bye.
1: And we miss Reg like an amputated limb. You know, oh, we, that, that, that's how we miss Reg on this program. You know, sometimes when you work at big corporations, big corporations do big corporation things, which is why Reg is for the moment on hiatus, but we're going to get Reg back. And in regards to having Mrs. Jacoby on the show, I'm just so glad you didn't say so we could talk about how you don't shower when you go to sleep. Because I thought that's where he was going with that. You know, I was like, oh no, he wants Joey on the show so we can talk about how my, my, my dirty butt gets in bed with her when she's already asleep. No, we ain't gonna ask her that. I ain't she, gonna ask her you know, that. And she always likes to wake up and like snuggle in my armpit. You know that, you know that <laughs> move when you put the arm underneath you go with the arm pillow. There's, there's certain Thursday mornings I'm like I don't know if this is the morning for the arm pillow, my queen. But you know what? I,
3: One thing I, I, look- I I I agree with the caller. We definitely should have her on to talk about the doc, promote the doc, and all of the amazing work that she's done. I I totally support this.
1: She's doing a project with the Chelsea Clinton and Hillary Clinton right now. She did that's a project crazy. with Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi that's currently in post-production. She just flew back from Chicago last night where she was with Candace Parker. We're going to seek the sky against the Liberty on Sunday to support Candace Parker. I'm going to have to root against Sabrina Ionescu. I don't know how I'm going to oh, do that. Wow. I don't know how wow. I'm going to do that. I'm, I might, I'm just going to go neutral. I'm just going to go neutral. I can't root I can't root against I can't root against Candace. I can't root against Sabrina. That one's gonna be tough. Yeah, you that gotta split the tough. baby on that
3: one. Here's what you do. Yeah. Have each kid wear a different jersey. That's what you do.
1: That uh, sounds expensive.
3: That sounds <laughs> You <expensive>. so cheap. That's <laughs> so cheap. The first thing you think
1: about is how much it costs. You cost. You're so cheap. I'm gonna spend 200 dollars on jerseys and never gonna wear again. <laughs> Please. Please. We appreciate the calls. We got time for one more call before we got split. Brandy?
0: What's going on, Jalen and Jacoby? This is Ben calling in from Lansing, Michigan. Shout out, Reds to Ledge. Keep getting them packed. Keep giving people what they want. Long-time podcast listener, long-time podcast follower. Hopefully, this one will get me on the pod. But uh, I've got a question for you guys. Not even a question, but just kind of like a, a thing I noticed, I guess. So these, these two teams in the finals, Celtics and the Warriors, I feel you know, happy for both teams. Celtics finally were able to break through and the Warriors are back where they belong in the final. But what I like most about these teams is the best players for the most part were drafted by those teams. You know, you got Clay and Draymond and Seth Curry and Jordan Poole and those guys. And then, uh, you know, on the other side of the ball, you got JT and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. And you know, Al Holford wasn't drafted, but, you know, honorary Celtics, obviously. Um, and so you know just in this day of player empowerment and Superstars getting traded these are the teams making the finals the teams that drafted well the teams that uh, invested in young players so with this day of player empowerment and people moving around y'all think this will set a new standard of, of teams trying to invest a little bit more in young players Um, yeah keep giving people what they want love the podcast uh, yeah medicinal, peace
1: Jalen, he just, you know, he's just throwing you a lob, so I'm just gonna he's lay out. He's speaking
0: my this
3: language. Man. He's speaking my language. And I don't know if he saw me say this on countdown, but thank you for the call. Shout to Lansing. You know my idol is from Lansing? Irvin Magic Johnson. And imagine this. When you feel like you as clean as you ever been. Like I feel like game one is like the one of the cleanest times. I look at, I don't care what everybody else thinks. I looked at myself and know I was clean. And, and, and the thing about it is the transition shades outside just took it to a whole nother level. I got a chance to do that sitting on the set with my idol, Irvin Magic Johnson. So shout to Lanson. And one of the things he and I talked about was this very thing how. The super teams in the NBA have faded. And let me tell you who I want to give the credit to. Adam Silver. Mm. Because after your rookie deal, Luka Doncic, Ja Morant, Zion Williamson, you ain't trying to take a $50 million haircut to leave. First off, Cost you fifty million dollars to leave, Jacoby? You talked about buying a jersey for two hundred dollars. I can imagine where you would live if, if it was fifty million dollars. you live anywhere, right?
1: Oh, I'll be I'll be at Santa's crib in the North Pole in an igloo. <laughs> right,
3: right? Exactly. So that so that's the first thing that stopped that. The other thing is the Super Team. The reason why it also faded is because. LeBron and KD were MVP level players that left teams that drafted them and they were still young in their prime. And you know what ended up happening to both of those guys? They got vilified. They got crushed. They got crucified. And so much so that LeBron needed to go back to Cleveland to validate leaving by winning a championship. Because if he don't do that, he's still getting vilified. Oh, like KD is. That's right. Isn't KD the only two-time finals MVP that seems unhappy with that journey?
1: Well, let me chime in also to give Mr. Silver some more credit because I know he listens to the podcast every day. Another thing that you noticed about the Nets and the Lakers this season with their quote-unquote big threes, right? When you look at the rest of their roster, there's a lot of Blake Griffins, Carmelo Anthony's, You know, and like the Lakers don't have any draft picks, so they don't have any of those rookies like the Claxton's that the Nets have, and so like, when you look at, when you have your big three max players that are all making $40 million, you just don't, you're not, you can't build out the rest of the team in a way that puts you in a championship contention position, and I think that's another policy that's in place that has really sort of helped dissuade, you know, four superstars, three superstars from all getting together, because you just can't build around the role players.
3: But here's the other thing. That's a great point. That's the second point. That's the second most important point. That was really smart by you.
1: Feel free to steal that one next time you talk about it. I steal your stuff all the time. Watch watch this just in any day.
3: But here's the third thing. Fans and media and local people that are local that support the team, they require the player to be loyal now because of social media. So, if you Giannis, you can't just bounce from Milwaukee. They're going to vilify you. I'm gone. You can't just bounce. And he doubled down, stayed. They kept their coach. He re signed and won the championship. John Moran ain't leaving. He's invested in the community. It ain't just about basketball. Like, he's invested in the community. So, he ain't leaving. Luka ain't leaving. You see what I mean? They have Mm -hmm. loyalty to the team, to the fan bases, and therefore they're going to stay. There was a time, believe it or not Jacoby, I had an opportunity to leave Indiana. I could have went to Chicago in particular, possibly flirted with San Antonio also. That was after we went to the finals. But at 12.01, I told them, All y'all got to do is just fax me over something to guarantee that I'm about to get my bread and whatever time y'all office open tomorrow, I'll be there to sign. We ain't playing those games. I ain't got to do no traveling.
2: I ain't got to talk to nobody. I ain't doing
3: none of that. We ain't, uh -uh. uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm committed here. They show me love here. We just went to the finals here. So I'm invested here. And that's what I'm seeing from today's player, and I appreciate that.
1: We appreciate the calls, as always. You know, shout out to Cannon, one of our producers. He wants us to do a full podcast exclusive all calls. I don't see why not. So call 985-80-Jalen, 985-80-Jalen. Leave us a voicemail, and we'll put you on the show. Maybe even tomorrow. I want to thank Grant Hill for coming through. You got the full Grant Hill interview on this podcast exclusive. And tomorrow, who is going to be joining us? Jalen Anthony Rose.
3: The only individual to win the Naismith Player of the Year twice and the Naismith Coach of the Year twice, Don Staley of the South Carolina Gamecocks, will also be joining Jalen and Jacoby tomorrow. We give the people what they want. Somebody tell me what Monday through Friday show has the range, the versatility of guests that we have on a show that we didn't even build it for the guests. The first we, five years, we didn't even have guests.
1: We had Jim Jones and Mano last week. We got Grant Hill and Don Stanley this week. We had Angela Rye. We had Millies and John Hamm from Top Gun. That's range. We'll be back tomorrow. Why is that, Jalen Rose?
3: We're not done. We're not done. We are not done
2: got the